Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, listeners. Uh, this is a special little, I want to say, announcement or we'll say preview message for this podcast. Um, this disclaimer. podcast, yeah, disclaimer, we'll call it as well. Uh, this podcast was done before we joined, or well, the, cover, the things we covered on this podcast was before we joined the Geek Ultimate Alliance. Um, the quality may be a little less than what Superhero Discussions has become now. Uh, it was Greg, especially in season one when we talk about it, well, even all four, it was the first time I had a guest on the show. Uh, so there was some bugs to work out, but and I, didn't first. Think, <laughs> and I didn't think, and I didn't think that it, this show would go anywhere beyond this is a little side hustle for me that I just like to say, tell my thoughts. So it's, I, I really am proud of what superhero discussions become, but this is, these are four really good, episodes there's a lot of good discussion between me and greg we break down our top five episodes of each season rather than discuss every episode like we've come to do in superhero discussions so yeah we but it's so good we thought why not put it there and we'll we're going to reconvene to do season five because we had four seasons before we joined the network so and we started superman so yeah we're going to put these four out if you're a patron, you're going to get all four of these at once. And if you're not, you're going to get them week by week. And in five weeks, you'll get the, the conclusion where me and Greg come back together to review and give our top five episodes of season five of Spider-Man the Animated Series. So in this episode, we're going to have ads too. We didn't, there was no ads back when this was made. So we're going to try and find times where we finish talking about one of our top fives and insert an ad so that it flows better and you don't like get it in the middle of a conversation. That's what we're going to try to do. I think that's pretty much everything. Oh, and also the volume. Yeah. We're not exactly sure how loud these are. So just watch your volume when the ads come in. Uh, we apologize if it's super loud, but yeah, don't want to blow the eardrums off you guys. So just be uh, ready for that. And before we get into leading you into the show, also we're part of the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network now, uh, with shows Monday to Sunday, seven days a week. Um, Mondays is World's Finest True Believers with Chris Belga. Tuesdays is myself and Greg with DC Alliance. Wednesdays is Marvel Alliance and Yin to Our Yang with Travis Snell and Chris Belga. Thursdays is Katie's Day where she does Slice of Film where she takes a look at old films that she hasn't seen, and Star Wars Alliance, which she co-hosts with Katie uh, with Nathan, 
those are back and forth. Bi-weekly. Bi-weekly. You had Correct. to slip that in for Nathan. Uh, yes. I, I, I love it. Fridays is this show, Superhero Discussions, and also SCS is live. That's Greg's baby, and the show doesn't go on without him. Saturdays is Weird Science Comics DC and Marvel. Uh, great stuff mm-hmm. all around. We got stuff for each day of the week, and we're gonna add, we're adding a show. I don't know how like the show may not be added until after these four episodes are up. So I'm just gonna refrain from talking about it. Uh, but yeah, we have something for you every day of the week. And like I said, we have a Patreon account, uh, dollar tier, which is just donations for uh, for us. Like you help us help us out, help keep you like what are, like what we're doing, but can't support any more than the dollar. It's greatly appreciated. And the five dollar tier, you get early access to episodes, ad free episodes, and Patreon exclusive episodes. Uh, we've done a few of them, and we're planning to get together to do another. And I think when myself and Greg record Under the Red Hood. We'll put it exclusive to patrons for a week before we drop it to the masses. So yeah, with I think Greg, did I clue up on anything? Everything here? Uh, I think you hit it all. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. That was pretty good for a first take. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to do a second take, so <laughs> there there were a little bit of fumbles in there, but I think it was good enough that we can add this on. So yeah, you will hear myself and Greg talk about all four seasons of Spider Man, and I, Greg, I can't wait to get back to talk season five i haven't even yeah. watched that yet so very excited to do that so listeners without further ado you will hear us talk about spider-man the animated series uh, whether this is episode this season one two three or four i hope you enjoy and if you have any comments on how we were pre-geek ultimate alliance to how we are post in that while we're in geek ultimate alliance I, I'd be interested to hear those yeah. if we've gotten any better or if we've gotten worse because you know we could have gotten worse. Who knows? So without further, yeah. without further ado, here is the content. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Superhero Discussions. My name is Travis Hines, Travis underscore 156 on Twitter. And today, we're going to discuss Spider-Man the Animated Series, Season 4. But just before we start to get into that, and before I introduce my guests, I just got a quick little announcement. Superhero Discussions is basically, be, it's basically the Captain America before he had Super Serum. And now, on June 1st, Superhero Discussions is getting that super serum and will be joining uh, a podcast network. So 
that's exciting news. I'll probably come out with a bit more information on that. Um, I'd say in the next week or two, I'm going to start doing like a whole lot with it uh, in terms of episodes beforehand, before the June 1st launch. Uh, it's the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network, a diverse podcast network covering the biggest geek topics, Marvel, DC, Star Wars, comics, and more. If you listen to me on Super Civil Servants Podcast, uh, most actually pretty much every person on there uh, Katie, Greg, Nathan and Chris, they're all going to have their own shows on this network as well uh, fantastic, I can't wait to tell you all about it, but I'm super excited uh, Superhero Discussions is going to focus a lot on animated shows and animated movies, past, present uh, basically anything sometimes guests, sometimes no guests but I still want it to finish Spider-Man the Animated Series before I got into it. Uh, the people at uh, Geek Ultimate Alliance were really great about that. I'm really excited to start that as well. So uh, look for that on June 1st. Look for me and my show to finally get the Super Serum. And we'll be bigger and better than ever. And I'm really excited. Thanks to everyone that's listened to me up to this point. It's basically been uh, Old Man Yells at Clouds, me rambling. So... <laughs> Just a lot of nonsense, but uh, really good to keep my get my feet wet and get going. So I'm super excited about that. But today we're going to talk about Spider-Man: The Animated Series Season Four, Partners in Danger. It's a chapter of the whole thing. And to do this, I couldn't have anyone but Greg, the Bat Daddy Fifty Two, join me. Greg, thanks for shit. Thanks for coming. Oh man, it's always a pleasure, dude. You know I love coming here and talking with you. And you know, in the last year, we have. Uh... We've podcasted quite a bit together between this and the Super Civil Servants podcast, and based on the news that you were just saying, we're going to be podcasting a lot more together in the future. So yes, sorry for the little imp- sorry for the little impromptu uh, PSA there, but uh, yeah. it just came to me as I hit record. So I yeah, just, you're good, man. Yeah. I just winged it, but uh, I just winged it, but yeah, uh, pretty exciting news, and look for everything June first. Uh, Superhero Discussions has its own uh, Twitter handle now. Uh, you'll be seeing a lot of retweets if you follow me on Twitter at Travis underscore 156. So you'll get that there regardless. But Greg, we have another season, probably in my opinion, the weakest season of Spider-Man animated series mm-hmm. in terms of story. But okay. uh, I still, there's still five, I still have a top five episodes, and I'm sure you do too. So mm-hmm. without further ado, my friend, what is your number five? Yeah. Well, before I get into that, uh, the season, as you were saying, uh, like you said, I think I agree with you so far. I think this is the weakest season so far. However, there were some really good episodes. This season seems like a direct continuation of last season, whereas the seasons before, you could definitely tell a difference in the seasons as far as tone and storyline. Like they may introduce something in the first season that you see in the third, but this one looks like a direct walkthrough. Like you could just play the two seasons together, especially because it's so short. It's only 11 episodes. Uh, feels like you play them both together. So yeah, and this season had a lot to do with uh, love interests. Every show has like two or three different love interests going on. Yes, and right. Spider-Man, Peter Parker dealing with uh, what happened to Mary Jane at the end of last season, in the third season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, there wasn't nearly as many like two-part story arcs or three-part story arcs like we got in the previous seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there was a three-part story arc in this 
at all. There, uh, there's a couple two-parters that you can say it, but they weren't exactly like part one, part two of a story arc. Right. You can put them together mm-hmm. as as that. But uh, like you said, it was a direct continuation, but I still feel like the story in this season was a little weak compared to the rest. And But it leads up to our the best season, in my opinion, which we'll cover on a future episode. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'm going to start watching soon, I hope. <laughs> Uh, but okay, I'll give you number five, and I have, you know, I, I enjoyed most of the episodes in the season. There weren't really anything that I didn't enjoy. I was like, ah, oh, you know, I'm tired. So I had to watch that, and I have a thing for Black Cat. Yeah, same, so, my friend. Same. And she's in five episodes of this season, so naturally I wanted those to be my top five. But because I didn't want to be that biased about it, I made sure I picked at least one that was not a Black Cat episode. And that's going to be my number five. It's episode eight, The Return of Green Goblin. Um, I like I like Green Goblin as a character. Um, he's usually really, really well portrayed on this show. And I was uh, – it's been so long since I've seen this. It's, it's almost like rewatching it for the first time. I remember some stuff about it, but not a lot of it. Um, I remember that I enjoyed it a lot, which is why it's great to come back to it. But um, I was interested to see how they were going to make the transition from, from uh, Norman to Harry. And it's funny how there, once again, you see certain things in this animated series that were portrayed in movies, and it's cool, like uh, Harry seeing his father in the mirror, or in, in, in the reflection type thing. That was the way they did it in the movie, right? In the movie, he saw him in the mirror, but in the movie, he busts the mirror and he finds the layer behind there, as opposed to the show where it's slightly different. But I thought it's cool to see stuff like that. It was also cool because you get to see, uh, I mean, you get to see Green Goblin in this one. You get to see Punisher in this episode. I mean, you get to see MJ's return on this episode. So um, this one, of all the ones that weren't Black Cat episodes, really, really uh, was probably my next in line for being my favorite because there's a lot of people on it. Um, you were saying the storylines aren't as good on this one, and you're right. I don't think they are. I think it's because they they pack too much into too short of a season you know, where you couldn't focus. Because some of the stuff – if you looked away for one second and you look back up, like I was lost. There was a new character on screen that I didn't know was there or somebody was gone. And I didn't know how it happened. So you really had to pay attention to it. It could have been fleshed out a little more. Um, I don't know why it was shorter, but uh, that. sorry. I'm just rambling now. Episode 8, Return of Green Goblin. Uh, what did you think about it, man? Uh, that's number five for me. That's on my list as well, but it's not number five. But I couldn't agree with you more, Greg. I thought that it was uh... – it was a great episode. Fun fact, it's the highest rated episode in this season from IMDb. I, I noticed that earlier today when I was doing up some notes. Uh, I thought it was a great episode as well. And you're right, uh, a lot of the first two Spider-Man movies, are take, or the first three actually, take their cues from this animated show. Mm-hmm. Like, a hell of a lot, which first fan of the show like me i really enjoy and you're right about the seeing uh, james franco seeing his father willem defoe in the in the movies through the glass and harry sees him here and i think that harry really portrays going off deep end quite well like the, the show shows that this was this was a really good episode for me and uh, also anytime you have punisher show up it's just just great oh, for yeah. me I, I love the character in the show and he basically causes havoc, and Spider-Man even has a line in there saying, "Like, I'm really getting sick and tired of this guy blowing things up around me." Right. Uh, which you know, like he comes in, he leaves, and, and I remember seeing him leaving an area with uh, 
Harry escapes his Green Goblin and uh, Spider-Man leaves as they're having a little confrontation with Punisher. And Punisher gets in the van, throws a little suitcase explosion and takes off and blows up basically half of Oscorp. And I'm just like, okay, that's like, is there any guards in there? Do you, like, you don't give a right. crap, do you? And I'm like, yeah. this is a kid's show, but I, I, I just I just loved it. And it was a great, that's a great choice, Greg. And like you said before, you even introduced this as your fifth choice. Uh, Black Cat was the star of the season, in my opinion. And when she left, I got a little bit contrary about the season. Uh, I kind of enjoyed her. I kind of enjoyed her more than Mary Jane at times. Yeah. Uh, for, for Peter, so uh, I gotta say that, that that's a great choice. Uh, my number five would be Partners, uh, okay. the episode where Smythe kidnaps Black Cat and gets Spider-Man to get Scorpion or Vulture so that they can bring Silvermane, they can use Neogenics to bring Silvermane back to his adult age instead of he's a baby, which I found hilarious anyway. Okay. That he was basically calling the shots and right, as a baby. And you saw and the like, the studio he was in too. What was it? It was a uh, some, something baby. Um, yeah, they, it was they, a little. Uh, yeah, I think it might have been baby wipes or something like that. But yeah. uh, it was just great, and I love. I really enjoy like Alistair Smythe as like the perfect spider slayer, like android type thing. I think that 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 is great when a character gets turned into that. Spider Slayer, I guess we'll call him. I think that's what yeah. he's called. Not 100 percent sure, but that's just great. Spider Slayer, then one Okay, I'm all right. Something like that. I, I thought yeah. he was called Spider Slayer, but I could be wrong there. But uh, that episode was great for me. It basically Spider-Man finally stops being a contrary person and partners with Black Cat for good. Like Black Cat is on him for a couple episodes to be partners and go in together, and he's. You can understand, it's understandable though, because like you said, this comes right in after uh, Mary Jane's disappearance, and he feels at fault, so he doesn't want to put anyone else at risk. So it's kind of understandable the way that he's taken it, and I love how they that continuation of the character. He just doesn't forget about it and go on like some animated shows, like it just won't even acknowledge what happened in the past. He is full out affected by it, and I thought that was great. And Silvermane changing back into uh, an old man at the end. Yeah. Uh, the Vulture getting his youth. Like, it, it, I think that's the last. I'm not sure if that's the last time we see Vulture. I think we might see him in season five. But I, I just, just great. And Adrian Toomes looks like a genius now because everyone laughed at him for trying to like turn back his aging, and he's the one that did it out of everybody. Uh, he becomes that young man forever. So uh, just just a little bit of great writing, in my opinion, and I thoroughly enjoyed uh, this episode. Okay. I, I enjoyed that episode, too. I'm going to save my thoughts on it because that one's on my list, and I want to have stuff to talk about when I get down to it on my list. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, okay. You want me to do number four? Yeah, number four, my friend. Okay. Number four for me was actually episode seven, The Vampire Queen. Uh, this is the one that was the right before the Return of the Green Goblin. It was cool that they do a little setup for Return of the Green Goblin. Uh, just slight one. You wouldn't notice it after seven, but once you watch eight, you realize, oh, they kind of set that up a little bit. Um, it was cool watching that. It's got Morbius. Um, you know, I like Morbius as a character. Um, you get to meet Morbius' mom. Um, 
this is the the um sorry looking through my notes uh the little easter egg or not easter egg but the setup for the next episode was peter leaving his spider mask hanging out of a drawer and harry finding it because by this time they're rooming together which seems like kind of a uh really really clumsy or uh terrible move for spider-man to do to leave it hanging out of your drawer but um felicia's torn between spider-man and morbius in this one because as you know she loved michael morbius and um i I love that there's so many there's so many characters i know i said earlier that it was kind of packed and maybe that's what made it bad but it is cool to see a lot of characters and a lot of callbacks and it's when you get to meet more uh you get to uh meet Miriam, you get to meet morbius you get to meet um or see morbius you see blade again you get to see harry and a little bit of uh um, Green Goblin stuff in there. There's um, what else in there? Black Cat's in there. Spider Man. I mean, you get to see a whole lot of different things. Uh, Whistler's in this one too, isn't he? Yes, he is. Uh, yeah. So I mean, you get to see a whole lot of characters in there, man. And that's that's the universe they've built. Is like you can see all these characters and know. Oh, okay, cool. I've seen them in this episode, or I remember from there. I mean, obviously, if you are kind of into the realm of comics and lore, you know it already anyway. But as a person who wouldn't see any of that kind of stuff, it's cool to see them build, call back to those characters. They've built an entire universe by this fourth season, and they're really using it in this episode. I thought it was funny that the the very end of the episode with the uh, there's the shot that goes in the disco ball because they're turning people into vampires. Miriam's turning people into vampires with the neogenic recombinator because they brought that back, which is pretty cool. Um, and they shoot the disco ball. And it bounces off in a bunch of different directions and hits, hits a bunch of different people. Because, like, it can't go through a disco ball, but it can blow a wall. <laughs> like, yeah, like, if it hits a wall, it'll blow it up. But if it hits a disco ball, it just bounces off in a bunch of different directions, which is so funny. <laughs> there was a scene in this one, too, where I, I can't remember what it was, where uh, two people were talking in, in front of the scene. In the uh, scene, like, you could see in front and back was kind of unfocused. But you could see people in the background, and they weren't moving at all. <laughs> like so there was movement with the people in the front but there was nobody moving in the background so i guess whenever they drew that they just didn't draw different animations of the people in the background um just little things like that it was so funny but i mean it was a good episode um you know i love this series so for me episode seven the vampire queen i thought it was pretty cool that's on my list as well greg and you nailed everything the one thing i'll say about it, it was stupid that peter left his mask in the drawer and <laughs> When I tried window, but literally, I think it was the first episode of the season or second. I want to say the first, maybe. Uh, Harry's knocking on the door and wants to come talk to him. And Peter's like, just hold on for a second, Harry. No, or I can't right now, Harry, or something like that. And then Harry comes in the room and the window's open and Peter's not there anymore. And he's like, that's odd. And I'm like, dude, are you really that like <laughs> stupid? Like, yeah. your, your dad's a genius. You're, you you got to be able to pick up on things a little bit better than that. He didn't even ask any questions, and then he found, found that mask, and like you said, that set up off for the uh, set us into the Return of the Green Goblin episode, which you know it's kind of nice how they tied things in like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was also the last episode Black Cat was on because by the end of it, she leaves uh, with Morbius uh, and Blade Ter- to find Miriam. Terrible decision by her, in my opinion, but uh, oh yeah, uh, she should have stayed to try to take down Kingpin instead. Especially the yep. person that turned her into Black Cat. So uh, I think she kind of liked it, though. Oh, yeah, I think she did. Yeah. But, uh, okay, let me rephrase that. The person who kidnapped her father and threatened to kill him. Yeah. That, that sounds a bit better. 
So you know what's weird about the the they did, made Black Cat with the super serum, and she has the and they modified it, so she has the ability to turn it on, turn it off. If you ever got the super serum and like me or you, and you had the opportunity to be Captain America, would you ever turn it off? Uh, if I wanted to keep <laughs> if I wanted to keep my identity secret. Okay, uh, I guess that makes Captain, sense. Captain America is known as Steve Rogers. Like everybody knows who Captain America is. But nobody knows that Felicia Hardy is Black Cat, so she can kind of keep a normal life. So that's the only way. But, I mean, if I was Captain America and everyone knew I was Captain America, I wouldn't exactly be like, oh, shucks, I wish I could have a normal life. Like, I would just be right. like, yeah, I'm Captain America. So I can understand your viewing of that, but I can also see her wanting to just keep the uh, the, pow- the, the powers on and off so she can have a somewhat normal life. But yeah. after, but then she decides to go with Morbius and basically keep her powers on the entire time. So, I mean, uh, it kind of makes that little modification null and void, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification to individualized coaching services to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Good. Okay, my number four is uh, the Lizard King. Okay. Episode episode ten. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Uh, Peter reveals his identity to Mary Jane, and we get in the previous episode at the end. So we get her uh, reaction to that uh, in this episode, which is something I really wanted to see. And she pretty much. Uh, she pretty much takes it away. I thought she would, minus to jump off the building to get him to see if he'll catch her. But I mean, that that was kind of reckless and stupid, in my opinion. That why would you just yeah, dive off the building? Yeah. What if she was wrong? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a terrible situation to lose that bet, you know. <laughs> and this is a callback to season one, episode one, with the lizard being here and. Uh, I just love that. It's basically like we took we took we did a story in a pilot with a character, and in the tenth episode of the fourth season, we're going to bring it back and basically tie up his story arc and yeah. complete it. And I just think that's just great writing and not forgetting about that's one thing that I find a lot of older animated shows would do would be forget about what happened in previous seasons and just just go on and not touch back on it ever again but Kurt Connors has been in was in was very prevalent in the second season and he even showed up a bit in the third third season and he was in the first season too like you said Mm -hmm. and now he's finally back to normal and I just enjoyed 
I enjoyed that, and I enjoyed Mary Jane basically helping out. And for all the griping we get of uh, girls not being rep- represented in shows and that, in the end for this episode, this was back in uh, 1997, three women were the ones that basically saved the day. He and, even points that out in the show. Yes, and yeah. Mary Jane's like, do you have a problem with that? And he's like, no, no, no. So I just just really enjoyed this episode, and I always liked the lizard. I, he was one of my favorite characters and one of my favorite toys that I had growing up. Okay. Uh, yeah, this one was uh, – I didn't have it on my top ten or top five, uh, but I do have some notes about it. I thought that him giving uh, Mary Jane the spider tracker as the ring was a smart idea. You always know where she's at. That's a great idea. Uh, this I, I've realized this before about uh, Aunt, Aunt – Anna and Anna, however you say it, uh, but it really is prevalent in this episode. She's a bitch. Yes, I'm just like, like God, dude. Like, but, like I was sitting there watching, and I, I was like, I was like rolling my eyes. I'm like, oh my gosh, like it's it's like listening to Skip Bayless, you know? Oh, he's, he's it's really like you gotta terrible. listen to it because it's part of the show. But man, come on, the stuff coming out of her mouth is just total horse. Sorry. It's a question, but um, one question I got too, though, Greg, is watching it when you said that about Spider chasing for a ring, I thought that was cool. But then in the scene where the three women are going to like save Kirk Connors, nobody else knows that Peter's Spider-Man. And Mary Jane is walking around with that spider tracer ring on her finger in mm-hmm. broad daylight. So I thought that that might have been just a missed thing that people writing the story just forgot about. Because, I mean, Deborah's there and Kirk Connors' wife is there. And they either one of them could look down and be like, why are you wearing that spider thing is ring so i you just could, i just i think stupid. you get away yeah it, it is but i think you get away with it in this world in this universe because they've it's well established that spider-man and peter parker are good friends that's what everybody thinks or that they're working together that's so it true. wouldn't be that it wouldn't be that unbelievable to be like okay spider-man gave me a spider tracker so that way he can protect her too because he's my friend and he knows she's my fiance. it's a stretch but I guess that's what I would go with if I was trying to tell anybody anything like that. I'll, uh, I'll take that as a, uh, a valid excuse there, Greg. I'll take okay. that as a valid explanation. One thing about this this uh, episode is I noticed there is like an entire underground city. Like an entire underground city built out cav- caverns and, and pathways and people. It, it's crazy to see that um, because this is the one with the, the bunch of lizards, right? With the lizards are trying to uh, – they think that Connors is – their father, their father, which I yeah. guess technically kind of is. Technically it is, yeah. But it was uh, an accident. Kind of like how the turtles got created. Right, exactly. <laughs> and and there, there's a bomb that can take them all out. And it says that the bomb says that it can – or that they describe the bomb as it can take out any individual that's been enhanced or affected by the Neogenic Recombinator, right? Yeah, I, I had the same issue that you're going to bring up right now. Spider-Man's present. Yeah. He was altered by the Neogen Recombinator because the spider dripped in it. He got bit, and that's, that's he's he classifies. He didn't get affected. I saw that, and I was like, hmm. I want because I noticed that as soon as they said that, I was like, okay, later in the episode, I'm gonna see if he gets away from this blast, or if they just don't write, don't don't include that at all. But kid show, you know, we're adults analyze. We're 35 year old men. Well, I'm 35 year old man analyzing a kid show right now, so obviously I'm gonna find stuff like that. But to bring it back, Greg, in the first episode, when he is fighting the lizard in the pilot, uh, him and the lizard go into the into the sewer water, 
and he activates the Neogenic Recombinator, and he is right in the middle of the blast with the lizard. Like, it goes off. Uh-huh. Two of them are fighting over it. And when he, he hauls up, Kurt Connors completely healed, and nothing happens to him. So, I mean, they like, I agree with you. I first thought I had when he was there was how is he not going to get destroyed with them? Uh, I guess you can probably explain it away with the modifications that Deborah Whitman made to it, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. But, uh, yeah. but even then, like, they, they didn't take super care of the story in the pilot of that either because he should have lost his powers as well or he should have been temporarily stripped of his powers like Kirk Connors because he was they were both in the blast like there's a there's a shot of two of them there just an explosion going off and both of them being in the middle of it and Kirk Connors is the one that goes back to normal the lizard is and Peter Parker's behind a Spider-Man so I mean they've missed that up a couple times but obviously you know the hero is not going to lose his powers like that <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah oh okay um I'm that those I'm unloaded on notes on that one. You want yeah, num- number three, my friend. Number three. All right. Uh, number three for me is going to be partners. Um, oh, nice. nice. You already talked about this one. Uh, I thought it was an awesome episode. It's it's one of those things where, you know, I said it was crowded, but when it's crowded, these episodes are super crowded. And I like team ups, but I feel like for a 22 minute story, you could have you could have had more story if you, you if they had a few more episodes with you know made these into two or three parters like they did in the last episodes, but they stuffed them all in there. It was kind of fun. It's like we talked about, um, you know, this one you get to see Silverman, you get to see Smythe, you get to see Kingpin, you get to see Vulture and Scorpion. I mean, huge team up battles. I, I did have one question I wanted to ask you about this. Um, did it imply that J. Jonah Jameson created Scorpion to defeat Spider Man? I think so. I I know that he did that in the third yeah. in the first season. Like, okay, I don't remember cre- that in the first season. Okay. Yeah, he created. He uh, took Matt. He first he had Matt Gargan spy on Peter Parker to try and find out how he took how he got so close to take such good pictures of Spider Man, and mm-hmm. then Spider Man knew like seen him. Well, Peter Parker seen him, and his spider sense went off. So he snuck in the alley, changing the Spider Man, and then webbed up Gargan. And then told uh, told J. Jonah Jameson like if you stop if you don't stop following me I'm gonna crush you, uh, just basically threatening to, to get him to leave him alone. And then J. Jonah Jameson asked Matt Gargan like Gargan's like everyone's always picking on me, and he's like do you want to do something about that? And goes to Jasper Sitwell to uh, basically make him into the Scorpion. And Sitwell even says I chose the Scorpion as it's a natural predator of the. Spider, and then after Scorpion goes rogue, uh, J. Jonah runs out, and Robbie's, Robbie, Robbie's like, did you see, like, have you seen this mad at murderous Rampage, or this guy on Rampage? And Jonah's like, I created him, Robbie. So, right. Okay, yeah. see, I, I forgot all that, so I was kind of surprised when I saw that. I guess it's been a long time since we did season one. <laughs> and somebody watched, watched these episodes between 10 and 20 times. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I think every time I talk to you, you're like, man, I just finished season one of Spider-Man the Animated Series again. I'm like, yeah. dang, dude. But hey, if you love it, man, it's it's uh, wor- it's worth watching. You know. Gotta watch. My gotta kids. Watch gotta watch. Something yeah, well, go my, to sleep too, Greg. <laughs> yeah, my my daughter enjoys watching it, so if she ever wants to watch it again, I'll rewatch it with her because she's enjoyed the episodes I've watched with her. So, uh, let's see, what else did I have notes for this one that we haven't already talked about? Uh, there's a huge team about the end. Um, Scorpion wants to go good. Yes. Like well, he's wanting love, to give up love, love life. Love a good crime. woman. Love right. a good woman, Greg. 
So that that was an interesting take on that, and uh, it's one of the things I guess you you can't once you've gone down that path. But you know he's trying to be, to be a good guy. Um, Silvermane storyline, yeah, man, that that's oh, <clears throat> I do want to point out that uh, I think there's the scene at the beginning of the episode where uh, Black Cat comes out and she's in there. Um, she, the 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 whoever the the main uh, Bantha fodder, the the bad guys, the stormtroopers that are going to get thrown, the clankers are going to get thrown away. You know, just got a, a guy in passing soldier, and he's like, uh, "This ain't no sewing circle." And I was like, "Hmm, that's an interesting comment to make towards a woman." And I think by the timeline of this, look, okay, but she ended up kicking their ass anyway. Yeah, so. she she kind of gives them the business, right? And, but uh, great character. Oh yeah, great character. Uh, but yeah, man, that's my number three. Well, my number three is was your number five and your number three was my number five so my number three is return of the green goblin okay uh we've basically talked almost all about this but i'll just add that uh i love how harry basically isn't cut out for being green goblin like norman was like he's a very subpar green goblin whereas when norman osborne happens norman osborne he kidnaps about eight people almost accomplishes everything before Spider-Man stops him and then basically is probably the most dangerous villain to date when he gets his hands on that technology. Yeah. Uh, so the time dilation portal device. Uh, so I, I thought that was a really good feather for Harry really being good in the end is that the, he, he just not cut out for to be the green goblin like his father. And also Punisher, again, I'll just say it one more time, is amazing. Uh, I love how Peter gets home and Punisher's there sitting on the couch with Harry, who's who's crazy. And he even says, I think your, your, uh, your friend Parker's a few marbles short here or something like that. Mm-hmm. Some kind of off-the-cuff one of that. And I just, I just loved him. And he brought home Mary Jane uh, just to show that he's, that he's actually good as well. And just love this episode that's why it's so high for me yeah <clears throat> you know i had a couple more things on this uh, i always leave a few little notes off just in case it's another one we come up on about this episode um i thought it was crazy how punisher is after spider-man because he thinks that he's green goblin and there's the scene where he's in the warehouse and it, sorry, peter parker has um found like all these goblin hideouts okay and punisher finds him there so what's the first thing you do you start using the goblin's gloves, and then you jump on the glider. That's a great way to convince somebody you're not Green Goblin, right? Well, I, I don't think Peter <laughs> Peter knows that he's Green Goblin at that point until well, no, after. This is, this is Punisher. Punisher thinks Peter Parker is Green Goblin. Yeah. So as yeah, Peter Parker, he, yeah, he uses picks up the glove and uses the glove, and he jumps on the glider when he's trying to get away from Punisher. And I'm like, dude, if you're trying to convince the guy you're not Green Goblin – you probably shouldn't use his equipment. And Punisher even says it afterwards. He's like, well, I saw how agile you were in that glider. I know you're Green Goblin now. And then, of and course, then, Green Goblin Green shows, Goblin up, shows up. And Peter's like, yeah. oh, look at this. How can I be in two places at once? I yeah. must be the Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. Like, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And then uh, you pointed out, too, that uh, Harry um, kind of was uh, iffy about the Green Goblin thing. You could tell he was very uh, novice. He didn't really know what he was doing. And then at the end, he makes the turn. He goes full Green Goblin. He gets the bags under his eyes. He gets the laugh. Like he's like, okay, this guy just made the switch. You know, um, that was cool to see that. I mean, it's 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 cool that he, the, the mantle will be taken up and he's actually going to not be a scared Green Goblin. 
And then they didn't explain MJ's return right. She just kind of returned. Yeah, that's going to be touched on in a future episode in the next season, my friend. Okay. I don't remember how they're going to do that, but I noticed they didn't say anything about it at all. uh, Because actual Green Goblin, Norman Osborn, was asking how she was there. He didn't know yes, how she got because he was he was in another dimension, which but he can you know, see like, that. Yeah, which gives you questions like what is going on, and also I just want to make note of uh, we don't see Madame Web at all this season since Spider Man told her to get lost in the, oh. at the end of the last season. So just another little note here that she's not she's respecting his wishes and not coming to play yet. Because, I guess because what she was preparing him for isn't isn't. At foot yet isn't at hand yet, so he's just basically living a Spider-Man life right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, number man. two, my friend. Number two. Uh, number two is going to be episode four, uh, the return of Craven. Nice. Uh, this is another episode that is packed full of characters. You know, you've got Craven, Felicia Hardy, um, Obviously, Spider-Man, uh, Mariah Crawford's in there, Connors. I mean, you, you've got a ton of characters on there in this one. Um, I like Craven as a character, and it's it's crazy because like he's one of these characters that he, he they they portray him and Blade. Actually, they, they kind of do that with every character. They've done it with Blade. They've done it with Wolverine. They've done it with uh, uh, every character has gone good. Craven, uh, even Morbius. They don't want any help trying to do their with be good, you know. Yeah. And it's like, dude, if you would just stop and explain to Spider-Man, explain to anybody what's going on, it would make a whole lot more sense. Because as of right now, it looks like you're a villain. And that's kind of the way it was with Craven on this one. Um, uh, but, you know, I, I enjoyed, um, you know, I enjoyed the episode with Felicia. <laughs> Not Felicia in it, but uh, Black Cat in it. So, I mean, like I said, there were five with her in it. It, it was hard for me not to put all of them in there. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh this is where Mariah Crawford becomes the creature, right? Because she takes Calypso. the... Yeah, she calls Calypso. herself Calypso at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She takes the serum that uh, Craven had taken. And Craven, I guess he takes the serum again to be to be Craven the Hunter to try to find her. So, well, she, uh, worked on the, she worked on the serum a little bit. So that's why uh, it has a like bigger effect on her initially. Because mm-hmm. she turns into basically a full-blown animal because she's been twer- like tweaking the serum a little bit, whereas Craven took the original sample and just brings him back to Craven, mm-hmm. uh, which is still pretty cool, but it's a lot less extreme than what her her transformation was. And Deborah Whitman, yeah, I think Deborah Whitman or Kirk Connors, one of them uh, figured. I think it was Deborah Whitman figures no. out like, or maybe she brings it to Kirk Connors. That's what it is. Yeah, she I think that's what it is. Yeah. And he he works with it. And Jay, don't give her an antidote, but basically takes away the feral stuff and makes her just the same as Craven, which mm-hmm. I really loved. And it showed Spider-Man, like, this basically gets Spider-Man to agree to have uh, Black Cat be his partner in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's definitely setting it up. And I think he, he even mentions it in a later episode where he's like, I should have asked her sooner to be kind of be my partner type deal because she's gone um yeah it, this one ended well you're right it was connor's who, who made the end i think you might be right well it might have been Depper that brought it to him um but it was cool how they ended it where craven and uh um what's her name mariah crawford could now be together kind of as they're who they are now type deal um 
So she's basically, I would I'm trying to think of how to describe her, almost like a, a Professor Hulk, where now she's super smart, but she's got all the powers that she would have minus the rage type deal. Yeah. So I thought it was cool the way it left there, but yeah, um, like I said, number number two for me. No. Really, really enjoyed that one as well, my friend. I thought that was a great episode, and like you said, any episode with Black Cat this season is a favorite for me. And it's saying that my number two is The Awakening. Okay. Episodes, episode six, I think it is. Yep. yep. And this one is Michael Morbius is found as the basically man bat. Uh, thought that was pretty cool. Loved his look as the man bat. Uh, Black Cat asked for help from Whistler to try and uh, find a cure for Morbius's mutation. Thought that was great. I love Whistler. Think he's a great character. Uh, and this is a little nugget. We have the only appearance of one char- character that plays a big role in Spider-Man, Tom Holland's Spider-Man, and that is Ned Leeds. Ned Leeds okay. is in this episode just for a second when J. Jonah Jameson is getting mad about not having any uh, not having any uh, pictures of Morbius and complaining. Ned uh-huh. Leeds is in this episode and I think it's it's great. Uh, it's just funny to see how they use Ned Leeds. Actually, I think he was in the first episode of the season as he, well. I so was going to say he was in the first because I wrote his name down. I was like, oh, they introduced a new character. They yeah. introduced Ned in this one, yep. But he doesn't uh, have much of a saying, uh, much. He doesn't say much in either episode. So I just right. thought it was still cool to have him in there. But he clearly does. He clearly they clearly expanded upon a character a lot since this show came out. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, I think that, uh, and you know, I know Brent. Uh, I'd spoken to him about this before a long, long time ago. And I think he's saying there's a comic book run <laughs> where Ned Leeds is a way bigger character, and that's where they drew from in the movie. Was Ned Lee's being kind of his sidekick, my character? I haven't read a lot of Spider-Man lately. I read a lot when I was younger, but I haven't read a lot lately. Um, so, uh, Brent, if you've listened to this, hit us up. Let us know. I'm pretty sure that's what he told me. Was that it, uh, one version of Spider-Man that Ned Leeds is a huge character? But it was cool they introduced him in this. Like I said, as soon as I saw it in first season, I was like, oh, okay, I'll write that down. So, I want to uh, say I think Greg, I haven't read many Spider-Man. Uh, comics in a while either but i want to say that he takes on the mantle of hobgoblin maybe i'm not 100 really? percent sure but i think he becomes a villain for a little while there uh okay. i'm not 100 percent sure on that but i think he i'm not sure if it's willing or if like somebody like holds his loved ones hostage or if he's mind controlled or something but i'm pretty sure he does become the hobgoblin for even a little bit of time okay that'd be interesting yeah which I'll be curious to see if that actually comes to play. And I doubt it will happen in Homecoming because he's such an important friend to Peter and he's basically his guy in the chair. So, but, you know, who knows? They might actually take it that way. But I do think he is the Hobgoblin for... I'm not sure he's, he's definitely not the first Hobgoblin. I know that. But he definitely... Yeah. I think he is a Hobgoblin in there. Okay. Yeah. Um. Let's see. So we're talking about the Awakening. The Awakening. Uh, yeah. Kingpin wanted immortality. Him and Landon. That doesn't surprise me. I got a yeah. funny. Do you know who Herbert Landon is? He, the actor who played, uh, he was in the second Ninja Turtles movie as the 
scientist, a CGI scientist. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can recognize the voice. I remember. I think we, I think we brought that up in the when we did the first uh, season. I can't I think remember. Maybe that. when we talked yeah. about the X Men episode, I think. Yeah. In the second maybe. season, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I do. I do. That is crazy, man. He plays a lot of different crazy. He's a good voice actor. I think he plays in a lot of other things too. Very recognizable voice. He is. He is. I want to say he's Raj Al Ghul too. I'm not sure if he's in the in the original Batman the animated series or if it's just in Batman Beyond. But I think he, no, yeah, he is Raj Al Ghul in the Batman the animated series as well. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Let's see. One thing I wrote down about this episode is Black Cat is just like the her secret identity is burning a damn hole in her pocket like a hundred dollar bill. Like yeah. she. At the beginning of the episode, she's wanting her and Peter and Spider-Man to reveal their identities. And by the end of the episode, she's revealed her identity to uh, Morbius. Like, <laughs> it's she's wanting somebody to know. Like, she's this is who I am. I guess she has to let it out. I don't know if I could have a secret identity without telling anybody if I was a superhero. I, I give a lot of credit to Peter because we're four seasons in to this point of this episode. He hasn't told a soul. Nobody knows well, that he's spot, Spider-Man. Until the end, but uh, he tells Mary Jean. But I mean, before yeah. that time, he hasn't told anybody up to this point, and I can see why he wouldn't after what happened to her. But I agree, she is just dying to tell somebody that she's Black Cat, and you <laughs> can see her fighting with trying to stop Morbius or trying to like destroy Morbius, which is what seemed like the only option at the, at the to- at the start of the episode. Right. And it's nice to see her uh, basically figure out figure out a different way by the time the second part of this two-parter goes along. Uh, just like you said, I, I really enjoyed Black Cat. I thought she was the standout of this season. And yeah. there's a there's a bevy of characters in every episode, really. <laughs> yeah. And you know what, man? You saying that is a perfect segue. We're on number one, right? Yeah. Oh, that's a perfect segue into my number one. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You talking about how you really love the black cat? That's my number one episode. Episode three, the black cat. And I think it probably has a little bit of bias to do with it. It may not have been the best written episode or the, the most. Well, actually, it was very fun to watch. It, it, it's black cat. Uh, I'm a sucker for this character. I was in sixth grade or fifth grade when this came out. So seeing the character black cat on screen meant something different to me then. Yeah. You know, so I definitely, I definitely remember, <laughs> I definitely remember uh, Felicia Hardy and the Black Cat in this series, and it was, um, you know, she's a great character, and uh, number one for me has got to be the, the episode she's introduced. I thought it was really cool. 
you get to see the super serum, uh, serum so, uh, super soldier serum. That's like our other show name. Hard to say. <laughs> super soldier serum introduced. Um, you get to see Steve Trevor or no, Steve Trevor. Gosh, Steve Rogers <laughs> as Captain America. Um, you get to see uh, Felicia Hardy become the Black Cat. You know, and it, it reveals that how she can um, change powers. You're introduced to Shield in this episode, if I'm not mistaken. I think is that might be or... the. F- well, I have this is my number one as well, Greg. But I have okay. the Cat slash the Black Cat as my number one. I didn't break up okay. the two episodes because okay. I thought they went together perfectly. And well, like let's do said, that then. I'll I'll do that too, and I can add the cat to it. Keep going. Yeah, so, so that was another I, consideration. I really enjoyed the character of John Hardisky as well. I, mm-hmm. I thought that he was sly and he was cool, and like him doing the quarter around his thumb uh, knuckles in the Black Cat episode was just just wicked. And we got to see that Shield basically took took him. I love how Spider Man asked Shield for some information on John Hardisky, and uh, Nick Fury's like, "This is not like uh, fast food where you can order up uh, intelligence in 15 minutes or less or free." So I, I, I thought that was funny and. I, I enjoy Nick Fury in this in this show, so yeah. just just thought it was great, and especially how they basically get Doctor Octopus to Kingpin gets Doctor Octopus to uh, capture Felicia Hardy, so mm-hmm. John Hardesky will do stuff for him. Uh, Chameleon is in this episode, like various villains are in this episode, mm-hmm. and uh, bad on Nick Fury for keeping Chameleon in the same cell or in the same. Uh, area as uh, John Hardisky. John Hardisky should be sequestered by himself. No other prisoner should be able to see him. And I bet you that would be the case when he's returned at the end of the next episode. Yeah. Um, trying to think. So we're talking about Black Cat. Uh, did you see the Spider-Man had this noir suit, almost like Night Monkey? Night Monkey appeared in this episode. Really? Yeah, towards the end, he's wearing a he's wearing a black he's got a black. Oh, never mind. Yeah, he's portraying to be black cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's okay. Black okay suit, yeah. So it's like that's it, this little night monkey thing going on. Um. And uh, Kingpin reveals that he wants an army of super soldiers. Could you imagine what that guy would be like if he got the army of super soldiers? It'd be insane. He's looking for that several times because in the episode where Landon's trying to cure the mutant army, he's trying he wants he curing the mutant mutant gene he wants a mutant army mm-hmm. so kingpin's all about having an army whether it be robotics whether it be mutants whether it be super soldiers like this but uh, you're right if he got his hands on any of that he would own the world let alone new york oh yeah <laughs> yeah well you know he doesn't want world destruction because he even said it before in the last episode he bad still lives business. in the world so it's bad, bad business. business that's right he just yeah. wants to he wants to be on top uh, let's see. Uh, they showed Felicia Hardy's because this is the first episode you see her power in, you know, as the super soldier. And uh, they, sh- you get to see her pull a bike out of a dumpster like she's just doing a, you know, lifting it up over her head like it's no problem, which I thought was pretty cool. It's like, OK, they're showing how much power she actually has. So she's she's not somebody you want to mess with. Like this is a character that's pretty freaking awesome. Um, yeah, and this is the first episode you get to see uh, Spider-Man's parachute trick. Yes, you, you do, and we see it a couple times in this. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. after that, yep. but like you said, about Black Cat, she has a showdown with Spider-Man and basically gets the best of him, thus, yeah. thus propping her up and making her a like 
strong character, which is really good to see. Now, you could argue Spider-Man's head wasn't in the game with everything that happened to him in the last like week or two with Mary Jane, but still, it props up the Black Cat and shows just how powerful Captain America and a super soldier serum it really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, mix up the, the cat and the black cat, because like you said, it's, it's really kind of like one big episode. Yes, um, it should have been two parts. <laughs> you, you got to see Red Skull, just for a second. Brief just second, for a second, but, yeah. But, but you got to see Red Skull. Um, and I want to ask you, is the redhead that's beside Nick Fury, is that uh, Black Widow? They never uh, say it in the show. I, I thought it was Maria Hill, to be honest with you. I wrote okay. Brent and asked him if, like, Maria Hill is based on this character. If he knew, he said he didn't know. It could have been. He said it could very well have been, but he don't. He don't know because she seems like uh, Fury's second in command. Yeah. In in this, so uh, I would think that. But also, that's a good app description, uh, like thing too, to say the black. It said that she was the Black Widow, but I think the Black Widow character was already like Maria Hill wasn't created until I want to say 2000 or 2001 after this show. Okay. But I think. That I know she's called Agent X in the character breakdowns, but yeah. uh, I'm not sure when the Black Widow character was created. Well, I mean, I just know, like I said, it, it's Nick Fury's kind of sidekick, redhead. Uh, she was a badass. She could, you know, kick some ass. And I just noticed the whole time because I watch everything with subtitles because you 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 can learn so much more about a show or whatever you're watching with subtitles on. I know people get annoyed because they're like, oh, I don't want to read while I'm watching. But it, I guess for me, it really doesn't bother me. <clears throat> but you can find so much more out with subtitles. And I, and I love that about characters because you can see character names before the characters are even introduced in the show. You can find out what their names are. And if it has their name in a subtitle, they're an important character that's going to be in this show. Like they're not just because it'll just be a throwaway character. They won't include their name. Uh, but they never, ever said that character's name not one time. Nick Fury yeah. never referred to her as anything. She, nobody ever spoke to her and said her name. Like I was like, man, they are not. And, and she comes into later episodes of the season, never, never says her name. So I was apparently, like, okay, I don't know what's going on with that. But apparently, her first appearance is was in 1964. So she could oh. very well could be what partly what she's based on. Oh. Uh, who knows? But uh, I, th- I I enjoy that character, Agent X, is what she's called in the like IMDb breakdown. So okay. Uh, but we, you're right. We never hear him say Agent X or anything like that. Yep, I definitely play close attention to that. But uh, yeah, man, that that's all the kind of notes I have for uh, I guess episodes two and three, the black cat, the cat and the black cat, which you're right there, there they. It's kind of a one-parter. It's almost like the Venom uh, episodes from last season. You know, you, you get to see one story told among 22-minute breakdowns. So uh, yeah. You're, you're in for, I, I couldn't agree more and this where this episode where this season didn't have many uh, two parters or three parters we get a five parter in the next season we get oh, wow. a two we get a two parter we get a three parter and a two parter so question when we do next season because fifth season is last season right yeah when we do this can we count the five parter as one? Oh yeah, that's a given. So so <laughs> yeah. our lists will be fairly similar. <laughs> yeah. So you, I mean, I know it, I know the five parter is going to be on one of our lists. So there's probably what uh, at least a third of the episodes knocked out already. <laughs> yeah, there's so. only uh, 13 episodes in the season, so almost yeah. half. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
I, I do want to bring up that in the season, uh, you know, like we were talking about, it, it is, I feel like, the weakest season. But I think you get to see every single character except for Madam Web that you've been introduced to in the series that hasn't perished or disappeared. I think you get to see every single character in this. No, you don't get to see Hobgoblin. Wrong. No. You don't see Hobgoblin, but you get to see almost every single character has been introduced. I'm trying to think. Uh, Rhino? You don't see Rhino? Okay, too. No, but you get to see some, too, in the episode where uh, Mysteriosian, he has some of the villains made yeah. into yeah. Uh, cyborgs type deal. Venom and so, Carnage and all that? Yeah. Venom and Carnage style in it. That's, I, I was thoroughly excited about that when I seen it. So I uh, thought it was all great. And uh, I had an honorable mention of The Prowler. I thought that was a cool episode as well. I was gonna I love, that. I love the costume and uh, I just I just thought it was wicked how Kingpin gave him that but controlled him. He only gave it to him because he was gonna take out a person that worked for Kingpin that started to get too big, like too big for himself. And right. I just I just it's just Kingpin is the perfect villain for this entire yeah, like he story. He's he's the main guy throughout the whole thing and. I just, I, what a great idea, what a great uh, job writing him. I thought he was, he's probably the best villain of all the villains that have been in, in this show. Oh, 100%. Kingpin, yeah. He's always behind everything. I wrote that down. Kingpin is behind every damn thing. Everything, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did notice that I, I was going to mention something about the Prowler. It's uh, Prowler was uh, decent. I want to ask you, because I can't remember season five, does he, is that, is, is this a throwaway episode or does it set up for something yeah. else? No, it's okay. a throwaway episode. This okay. Is th- so they so I hate that they do that. They end the season with a throwaway episode. Just like nobody cares about this. He did look cool. He looked like a mixture of Spawn and uh, Moon Knight and uh, and maybe Doctor Fate. Yeah. You know, uh, like just a mixture of those to, three characters. What happened to Greg was uh, <laughs> they went out a bit of a break between the when Morbius left with Blade and when Black Hat left, they went out a a month and a half, like almost two month break before you got any other new episodes aired. Okay. So it's just, I guess they just wanted to fill the episode order. But like you said, this is only third, only 11 episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's the lowest episode count of all the seasons. Right. It definitely is. Yeah. So I just, I guess getting the fifth season was uh, uh, just lucky for us, the fifth and last season. And I couldn't be more excited to go to that because it's, it's arguably the best season. It definitely has the most jam packed into it, but it's a very well told story. So okay. I think you're going to thoroughly enjoy uh, enjoy this going forward. Well, I, ha- I have a question. You, I know you were telling me before that Barry Jane was locked in that uh, the dimension, that portal, and um, it was originally supposed to be in the sixth season. Madam Web helps him find her through that that dimension, right? So does that mean that they know they knew? at this time, that that sixth season wasn't happening and they brought Mary Jane back? I am not going to say anything about this because I don't want to uh, take away from reveals and great emotional moments that you're going to get in the next season. Because okay. there are a couple things. <laughs> I'm that digging I too deep. I, you're asking. You're asking all the right questions, Greg. That's all okay. I'll say. You're asking all Good. the right questions, but uh, there's. Uh, I don't. There's arguably one of the best moments 
most emotional moments for Peter in the next season, and I don't want to say anything about anything because I don't want to ruin anything about it. And I think when you see that moment, you're going to be like, okay, I understand why Travis didn't talk about this at all after, but let's just say you're asking all the right questions. (laughs) Okay, cool. I'm on the right track. I like that. Yeah. Good deal, man. Awesome. But, uh, thanks for joining me yet again, and I can't wait for us to knock out the final season of this. Uh, I'll be a little sad to be honest with you, but I've really been enjoying talking to you about this. Uh, great fun, and this is one of my. This was arguably this is probably is my favorite animated series of the nineties. Uh, mm-hmm. I know saying that people are like Batman the animated series, ah, but Batman came out in ninety two when I was a grand total of five, so I didn't quite hit grand running with Batman. I had to watch it in reruns afterwards. So, but this series uh, was right in my wheelhouse. I was perfect age when I started this, and I, I loved it. I was so so disappointed we never got a sixth season of this. Mm-hmm. So I like like I said, talked to you uh, before, and I'm pretty sure I said in this podcast when I watch these episodes, I get such a nostalgic feel. Like it takes me back to just being a happy go lucky kid, just watching these cartoon episodes, not having a care in the world. So. Uh, just uh, just want to say thanks for joining me again, friend, and uh, kind of a little sad but excited at the same time that uh, we're going to be finishing out soon. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's a little bittersweet, you know, um, because the series is going to be finishing, but you and I talking about animated stuff, definitely That's not going to end. I already have, I already so have I think... Greg booked for my yeah. next <laughs> show, series that I'm going to tackle for the Geek Ultimate Alliance when Superhero Discussions moves to that network. Uh, I'm going to be handling uh, Superman, the animated series, and Greg is going to join me for the first three episodes, the three-part Last Son of Krypton. So that's going to be great, Greg. Uh, really excited. Can you tell the listeners where they can find you and all your fantastic podcasts? I sure can, man. And uh, you can find me at the Bat Daddy 52 and uh, just another animated series we're covering next week on the Super Civil Servants podcast where Travis is a co-host. We're going to be doing... Uh, the new Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. So we're going to be co- reviewing that. Uh, it just came out yesterday. I still haven't watched it yet because I've been binging uh, Spider-Man the Animated Series for this podcast, but I can hold that off and I'll probably end up watching it here in about 25 minutes. So <laughs> by then I'll have watched it. But anyway, I digress. Uh, the Bat that if you do on Twitter, you can find me at the Super Civil Servants Podcast. We are going to do our best to attempt to go live this Friday. This Friday is our one-year anniversary. Uh, we are going to be talking about Clone Wars, uh, the uh, Siege, all four episodes, and we're going to be doing a live commentary on Man of Steel, uh, a widely loved movie among all the hosts on that show. Um, that's if we can make it work. If we can make it work, it'll be live on YouTube. You can join us. You can interact with us. You can uh, be in the chat room, and we're doing a fan giveaway if I can't make it work by then, we'll still be doing the fan giveaway. I'll just do some different criteria, and we'll be able to enter there. But that's enough for Super Civil Servants. I'm also on the C3 Panthers podcast every Tuesday night live at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube where we chop up some Panthers news, uh, me and my boys Cody, CK, and Tony, and uh, we have a good time. We usually go about three hours. Really, really fun. Same type of deal. You can interact with us live. And then, as uh, Travis said before, the Super Civil Servants podcast will not be part of the Geek Animated Uni- or Geek Ultimate Alliance universe. However, 
Nathan and I from the Super Civil Servants podcast are starting a DC uh, Alliance show on there where we're going to be basically doing the same thing we do on Super Civil Servants podcast, but sticking strictly to DC. So movies, comic books, television shows, news, all that good stuff. We'll have it covered there. You'll be able to link up with us, Travis. Travis is going to be on there a bunch. A lot of cross stuff going on, man. It's going to be a good time. Uh, I've talked for a long time. I have a lot of shows to promote, so <laughs> there we go. But uh, that's about it, man. Uh, thanks again, Greg, for joining me. You can find Greg. Also, his DC Alliance podcast has a Twitter account, which is DC Alliance Podcast. So you can search that and find it there. Uh, like Greg said, we're going to be joining the Geek Ultimate Alliance, which is called the Geek Ultimate Alliance or the GUA Pod Network. Uh, that's the Twitter handle, so you can find that there. Uh, exciting stuff coming forward. And Greg, thanks again for joining me. Until uh, next time, people, uh, I can't wait to tackle Season 5, so you'll be getting that at some point before June 1st, I think. Anyway, I hope your guys are having a great evening, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Keep your web cartridges full, because you never know when you're going to run out. Surprisingly, a lot. <laughs> Surprise at the worst time. <laughs> yeah. Later, guys. Later. Later, guys. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.